Your news program every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. Well, we're going to be hearing from a couple of guests now on the U.S. election. Um, and first up, one of the top pollsters considered anyway, uh, particularly on the back of the 2012 presidential election outcome, when Sam Wang from Princeton University predicted 49 out of 50 states correctly, even outdoing the famous Nate Silver, considered a rival. Thank you very much for joining us, Professor Wang. Thank you for having me on. And this time around, you say that you're more than 99% sure that Hillary Clinton will win this U.S. election. Can you tell us why? I am very sure. Uh, I will say that it is, once you get in probabilities that are in the high 90% range, I think it's not necessarily important whether it's 99% or 95%. I've been playing with that a little bit. But it is certainly at least 95% and perhaps higher that uh, Hillary Clinton will win. The reason for this is that we have state polling data, which is, uh, tends to be historically very accurate, and it gives us um, a good way to estimate all of the 51 elections across the United States that will, uh, that will determine the outcome. So each state assigns a certain number of electoral votes, and we can estimate the probability that each state will go to, uh, to either Clinton or Trump. Um, and by compounding those probabilities and putting them together, we can get a feeling for what is the most likely outcome and currently, the most likely outcome uh, is uh, that Hillary Clinton will get 323 electoral votes and that uh, Donald Trump will get 215. And so uh, with a pretty high level of confidence, it seems pretty, uh, pretty certain that Hillary Clinton will, will, will win tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, that's not even that close, of course. Um, I um, would like to ask about this polling system, though. We saw with Brexit how off polls can be. We also saw here in Korea, by the way, I know it's not your mm -hmm. expertise, but the uh, major surprise earlier in the year with the general election. Why are state polls in the US accurate enough for you? Well, let's see. So state polls, so first off, Brexit actually was not that much of a polling miss. It is certainly true that conventional wisdom said that Brexit was going to uh, fail. But if you look at the polling data beforehand, it was nearly tied, uh, and it was not possible to make a statement about which side was going to win. There were 9% undecided voters. And what that means is that pundits and people who thought they knew what was happening um, said that Brexit was likely to fail, but in fact they were not looking at the data. Right. So I would say that uh, U.S. polling is not so unclear, and Hillary Clinton's lead over Donald Trump is fairly narrow, but nonetheless it's statistically pretty clear. So perception of polling uh, and analysis in the media seems to play a huge role in the way that we um, yeah. predict. Yeah, perception is very important. So, for example, there is a perception that Brexit couldn't possibly pass. And so even in the face of polling data, people clung to that idea that it couldn't possibly pass. Here in the United States, we have a bit of an opposite problem right now, which is that polling data has shown a narrow lead for Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump uh, all along the entire year. And so it's actually, from a statistical standpoint, been a pretty boring race. And yet, um, there's been this feeling in the news that maybe Trump could possibly win. And I think that emotional feeling um, probably comes from the unprecedented, nat unprecedented nature of the Trump candidacy. Because he's unlike any candidate that people have seen in their lifetimes here in the U.S. Never elected to uh, elected office, uh, fairly crude in his personal manner, um, 
very separated from Republican elected officials. And so it's, it's like he's sort of engaged in what one might call a hostile takeover of the Republican Party. And so I think people see that, and they think there must be suspense. But in fact, from a statistical point of view, uh, the race has been the same all along, which is a close race in which Hillary Clinton leads by a little bit, but the lead has always stayed the same all year. I mean, the fact that he's been able to come so far, though, even after everything, reveals or suggests an undercurrent of anti-Hillary Clinton sentiment that's allowed this race to be potentially close. Well, I I would broaden that and say it's not necessarily anti-Hillary Clinton sentiment. I think the broader tendency in the U.S. politics Mm. over the last 20 years is polarization in which the other party always is considered unacceptable. And I don't think it's unique to Hillary Clinton at all. If you look at approval ratings of major candidates, they've gone down steadily for both parties in the last 60 years. So in fact, what's really going on is that there's this choosing up of sides in which people become entrenched and cannot imagine voting for the other side's candidate. And so I I would not say that it's a Hillary-specific problem. I think it's more of a general problem to any candidate put up by either party. Um, what about um, the, the late polls that we might have access to, uh, exit polls? I mean, what, what's the situation like that with the U.S. election? Remind us, because, again, going back to the yeah. Brexit example, um, we actually saw the Brexit camp concede defeat and then suddenly be, were told that they, uh, they'd, they'd won. Uh, obviously, it was very, very tight, but still, um, how much can we read into uh, any reports that come out before... Uh, actually, ironically... Yeah. Ironically, uh, opinion polling right before an election is perhaps, in many cases, more accurate than exit polling. And the reason is that exit polls have to be readjusted for the fact that not everyone who comes out of voting is willing to talk to a pollster. And so, ironically, exit polls have to be readjusted to match what the pollsters think will be the eventual vote. And so, in the end, um, they're no better than other polls. And it turns out that state polls conducted as of now are in fact possibly the best indicator of what's going to happen uh, on election day, uh, even better than exit polls, which is a, sort of an odd thought. Um, a quick question, though, that might offer Trump fans some hope. Uh, the 2014 Senate prediction, uh, that appeared to mm-hmm. be skewed. Uh, you, I know, were supporting, with a 70% probability, uh, a victory for the Democrats in that 2014 election for the Senate. Uh, the Republicans gained the majority there. So what happened, and why will this be different? Well, that was something that was uh, three months in advance of the election, so that's the first thing, and, and that condition is not true now. And the other is that midterm elections are elections with very low turnout in the United States, and so turnout drops off dramatically in, uh, in mid- midterm elections. It's really presidential elections where everyone turns out to vote, and the track record of state polling in uh, presidential years is extremely strong. And so, in fact, what you're talking about does not actually apply. So so you're not giving Trump fans much to go with here, Professor Wang? Uh, Well, so the big question right now that uh, that involves suspense right now is who's going to control the Senate? And politics in the United States is so poisoned and has adopted such extreme um, tactics that, uh, that it's currently being discussed among Republicans in the Senate that they will preemptively do things like possibly impeach the president even the moment she takes office Mm. or not consider her Supreme Court nominees. And these are steps that would have been previously in a previous age been thought unthinkable. And the fact that political tactics in the U.S. have now come to the point where it's possible to simply say, we will not consider your court nominees uh, no matter who they are. Um, That's become a fairly extreme situation. And I think there's a a deep instability that um, that maybe um, uh, is perhaps something to be concerned about uh, even after Trump loses. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. 
All right, thank you. Professor Sam Wang from Princeton Election Consortium. He was right. Absolutely on the money, just about 49 out of 50 states in 2012 and is more than 99% certain, although he said the figure doesn't really matter, uh, that uh, Hillary Clinton will win this time around. Let's uh, head to the ground to Deborah Simmons, senior correspondent for the Washington Times. Uh, good morning to you from Seoul. Hi there, how are you? Yeah, well, good. I mean, we've just been hearing uh, everything I put up at uh, Professor Sam Wang. He came back with absolute certainty it's going to be Hillary Clinton's day. Um, is there nervousness within her campaign, though? Oh, well, absolutely. Um, first of all, if you come behind, as she has, having lost in the uh, primary in 2008 to a Barack Obama, who was, who was a newcomer. I mean, he had only been a U.S. senator for a couple of years. And then he sprung, you know, he jumped on this springboard and he got to the, uh, um, won the, the Democratic primary over dozens of candidates and wannabes and became president, um, even beating her. So, um, of course, she's nervous, and she would like to... See, this, cat, this election is being categorized as a historical election. They're all historical. We only elect presidents every four years. You know what I mean? And we only have 45 to date. So, of course, this is a historic election. The thing is that she wants to outdo his record, she, which is why she's visiting states like Pennsylvania over again, over and over again, wants to make sure she wins North Carolina. She knows the history in her campaign. Um, folks know the history of having to win certain states uh, historically. But I think Hillary wants to also is trying to go after um, historic numbers of black voters, historic numbers of Asian American voters, historic numbers of, of Hispanic voters. When um, even in my column that's coming out on Tuesday says that um, prognosticators and pollsters, um, Mr. Silver, of course, um, was not mentioned as, as one in this instance, who can't accurately even tell you what the Asian American and Pacific Islander vote would be or the Hispanic vote would be because pollsters don't dig down that deeply into the numbers. So they can't, but the historic votes from black Americans, blue collars, traditional Democratic voters and Republican voters, they're going to vote the usual way. We've got a message and, here. And it, and it means putting yeah. Hillary Clinton in office. Well, we've got a message here saying we don't know yet until the undecided vote is cast, their vote. Some data says they make up 15%. I mean, what I was trying to get from Professor Wang before was you know, mm -hmm. some level of uncertainty. Uh, tell us the mood in the Donald Trump camp right now. The camp, uh, uh, Trump camp right now is going after the constituency that first said, we like you. That's working-class Americans, that's uh, voters in silos in agribusiness and, you know, working on farms and on um, ranches and things to that effect. The auto workers who have laid off and still have yet to recover, even, um, and I'm a generational uh, steel mill family, Folks who had two and three generations working in the steel mills, working in the iron factories, when I was growing up, who have lost their jobs because those jobs are now overseas, 
and have yet to capture them. But it's that Trump line that make America great again, auto manufacturers sort of, and those sorts of things, who, are, who he still, he's trying to hold on to. And I don't think Hillary Clinton's campaign will really penetrate them, um, but she, she doesn't want to lose them, coal miners. You know what I mean, that sort of thing. She doesn't want to lose them and for their sentiment to sort of bleed, bleed over into other generations. Mm. Now, it's something that we're hopefully not going to have to reflect on too much over the next couple of days, but how concerned are you about the potential for violence in the immediate aftermath of this election result? Either way. I'm not. I don't, it's, it, it's a cultural thing phenomenon that's going on now, not so much a race thing, because if you look at the footage from rallies over the past um, two and a half months since the primaries were settled, it's not a white-black thing or a Latino-Hispanic thing. It's more a class thing than it is a race, a race issue, I think. But can that not also lead to violence? If, you've, if you have certain disaffected classes who... who feel betrayed by the nation? Yeah, but there's not going to be um, any looting or rioting or anything like that. There are some, some ethnic-related crimes that are going on there, um, and, and this predated what the KK did by endorsing, the KKK media did by endorsing Donald Trump, mm. and you know what I mean? And the... Um, fact like black lives do matter but during the most recent campaigns in recent weeks the signs are saying specific specific socioeconomic um latino lives matter you see what i mean so it's become a more homogenous issue oriented rather than class or race oriented even with the violence that's been going on well, Deborah Simmons of the Washington Times, senior correspondent, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. And there has been the sense, hasn't there, that uh, you know, if you are a Donald Trump supporter, that you are from a certain group. Of course, the reality is that Donald Trump fans uh, or voters potentially have come from all different walks of life, at least those that I've spoken to. And some of them will be voting for Donald Trump for one very specific reason. Like, for, for example, uh, they'll see him as uh, a pro-life candidate, compared anyway with Hillary Clinton. Uh, and that will be the one decision or the one factor that will guide them in that direction. Uh, of course, it's misleading when, when we sort of have this portrayal as whole groups of people, as racist or whatever it happens to be, but there does seem like there's a potential for social unrest. You can get in touch right now. Text us, pound a sharp, 1013 for 51 per message. Tweet us at EFM this morning.